This past January, we had the privilege of commissioning a young man to serve as a church planter in Forest City to start a church for people who are not attending church, to help people hear about Christ who are not hearing about Christ. Chance a newborn, very much a part of our lives now, and I was impressed then and now with his heart for ministry and the vision that goes along with that, and they are not empty words. Yesterday, he sent me a text. They had a three-on-three basketball tournament as an outreach effort uh, in a community, and they had mostly uh, young men, teenagers, and young adults who participated, and there were 41 young men that prayed to receive Christ. The consequence of that. And so when I say that Chance Newborn has a great ministry heart, um, he does. He does. And we're so blessed, so grateful in just a moment to get to hear from him. But you know, since I've gotten to know Chance and visit with him and get to know Beverly, I can say this really about both of them. But they, they are a couple who walk with God by faith. And we talk about faith, but they, there are those always among us who challenge us because they walk by faith. And I thought about Hebrews 11.6 when I thought about chance and coming to share with us tonight. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's possible to be active in church, attend a church, come on Sunday, be involved in activities, and not be a person of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. At some point in our walk with him, you and I have a decision to make do I exist so that God can please me or do I exist so that I can please God? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want us to pray for Chanson and Beverly and their family tonight before he comes. When you are reaching people like that, they may not all show up at your church plant but when you are having that kind of effect to where that many people are hearing the gospel, the enemy hates you. And we don't have time to detail all the ways that life has been challenging for Chanson since they have moved back here to serve him. But they need our prayers. They need our prayers every day. They need the cover that only God can give, the provision that only God can give. And so they need our prayer Support. So I want to pray for Chanson before he comes, and then we'll turn it over to him, and I hope that you'll give him uh, your full attention and heart tonight. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to be a cheerleader and an encourager for a couple like Chanson and Beverly. And we do ask you that they would experience you every day as their hiding place and their rock 
and the God who owns cattle on a thousand hills who provides. May they experience you as their shield and their defender, as the God who always fights for his own. Father, we pray that you would continue to raise up leaders who will serve with Chanson in Forest City. We pray that you would not only protect him and raise up leaders, but we pray that you would answer their heart cry, the special prayer needs that I know that they carry every day. We pray that the testimony that has begun will not only continue, but will become more great and grander, more exciting, one of the great God stories in Northeast Arkansas. As you continue to show yourself strong, because this couple said, we will follow you. Father, as Chanson comes, we pray that you would anoint him with your spirit and anoint our ears to hear the word that you have for us tonight. And we ask it in Christ's name, amen. Please welcome Chanson to our church. Let's give God some praise on this evening. Okay, now, if that was for me, I, that would be acceptable. But let's give the King of kings and the Lord of lords, let's give God a praise on this evening. If you love the Lord, he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. Our Savior, our Lord, he's worthy to be praised. I am so thankful to Brother Dunn for the opportunity to come and share the word of God. Thank you so much for allowing us to come and share the Word of God. Uh, when Baptist, I want to thank you for coming alongside Fellowship Community Church um, to make an impact in Forest City and throughout the Delta. God is really at work in Forest City, and if it wasn't for you and your prayers and your support, we would not be able to do what we're doing. So I want to thank you for your prayers and support. If we can turn to Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 16. Now, here's my disclaimer. Here's my disclaimer. Mm -hmm. I am a black preacher. <laughs> if you didn't know that. And being a black preacher, we do what we call a call, a command and call. In other words, we like to get uh, some feedback and some response from the congregation. So if I can get an amen corner somewhere in the midst of the congregation, 
this uh, sermon will go so much more smoothly. <laughs> so now listen, I'm, I'm a little bit charismatic, a little bit excited. I get excited when I talk about Jesus. So um, I just need a few people that will um, just say amen with me. There we go. There we go. There we go. Praise God. Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 16. If you don't mind, can we stand for the reading of the word? The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse, starting at verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Father God, we thank you tonight. God, we love you, we honor you, we adore you, we exalt you. God, we thank you for your presence that is already here. We thank you for your word, for your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our pathway. Father, I just pray, God, that you would use my mind, that you would touch my head and touch my heart, <laughs> that you would move through my mind and use my mouth. Let there be no gap between my will and your word. God, I just thank you, God, as I hide behind the cross, God, that I decrease and that Christ may increase. God, I thank you for the word, God. I pray that it encourages someone's heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank God for my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful wife. Man, you can raise your hand and let everybody see you. Let everybody. Raise it a little higher. They, they couldn't see you in the back. Just in case somebody looking for a wife, she's already taken. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. With this text in mind, I want to preach from this subject, the transforming power of the gospel. The transforming power of the gospel. You don't have to be in Bible school to realize that we live in, we're living in the last days. You don't have to know Bible prophecy, and you don't have to realize that we're living, you, you don't have to know Bible prophecy to realize that we're living in perilous times. Look at all the things that are going on across America, across your city, my city, your town, and my town. We have the senseless shootings, and we have robberies in every community. We have rampant sexual abuse of our children. The enemy is attacking our marriages and our families. We have a growing disrespect towards the adults and authority. 
Brothers and sisters, we are definitely living in perilous times. Apostle Paul was sharing with his son, son Timothy, in the ministry, trying to describe that day and what that day would look like. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves and covetous and, and boasters and proud and disobedient to parents and unthankful and unholy. Does that sound a bit familiar to you? Without natural affection and false accusers, fierce and despisers of those who are do good. You have those that are traitors and high-minded and lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. My brothers and sisters, what is an accurate picture of today's society? What is an accurate picture, Brother Mike, of today's culture? Is what we're living in some last, last days. Paul prophesied to Timothy. Unfortunately, he prophesied, gave him a word when Baptist, that the reality of it is we're living in that world today. Look at the sitcoms that are being made. Look at the movies that are being produced. Look at the movies that the children are watching. Look at the videos that they're playing on Xbox. Look at, look at the television shows that you see on MTV and BET, the violent video games that they're playing, the rampant crime in our cities and in our neighborhoods. Look at the drugs and alcohol abuse and look at the adulterers and the same-sex marriage and you have abortion and homosexuality and racism and gang violence and gangster rap music and you have all, all, or all of these things, occurrences that are occurring in our world today. And the most thing, the thing that bothers me the most is that people think it's normal. <laughs> My question that I want to ask you this evening, the question that I want to emphatically express on your heart and on the minds of my brothers and sisters is, what is it going to take to change our culture? What is it going to take to change the morals and the values? What is it going to take to change the mindset of people? What is it going to take to change the heart of people? What is it going to take to restore broken families? And before I ask this question, let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question from the pulpit all the way back to the back doors, from the balcony all the way down to the bottom floor. Let me ask you a personal question. Let me come down your row and ask you a question. What did it take to change you? Hmm. Oh, let me ask that again. Let me ask that question again. What did it take to change you? Before we start talking about what will it take to change our neighborhoods, before we start talking about what will it take to change our cities, before we talk about what, it's going to, what it will take to change our culture, to change uh, and reach the lost, my question to you, what did it take to change you? Think about that for just a minute. You haven't always been saved. Hello, walls. You haven't always been born again. You haven't always been a Christian. What did it take to change your life? 
before you were preaching the gospel and before you was a Sunday school teacher, before you were singing in the choir, before you was an evangelist, before you were a missionary, before you, before you knew anything about IBM and, and NAM and Lifeway and Southern Baptist Convention and uh, your local association is so good to see you, Brother Ray Dean, before you knew anything about uh, 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 the, the state convention, <laughs> what were you before Christ? The question of this hour is, what changed your life? You and I, we weren't always saved. Before you stopped drinking and before you stopped doing drugs, before you stopped going to the casino, none of y'all do that. Before you stopped lying, let me just ask you a question. What changed you? Let me get off of that because I might have some people that's a little bit upset. Oh, God. Let me, let me just answer the question. I believe that somewhere along the line, you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that somewhere along the line, you heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe it was a church service, you heard uh, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe it was a Sunday school that you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe you were at a revival and you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe it was, you were at vacation Bible study and you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe you heard Billy Graham speak, the, speak, the, uh, speak about uh, Jesus Christ and, and you received the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was on a Christian radio, or maybe it was on a Christian television station that you heard and received the gospel of Jesus Christ. And after hearing the gospel, you believed the gospel, you trusted the gospel, and before you knew it, you were saved. You were born again believer. The Bible said if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things passed away, and behold, all things are new. In other words, your life and my life was transformed by the power of the gospel. <laughs> Therefore, your walk has been transformed. Therefore, your talk has been transformed. Everything about you has been transformed. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Think, think about it. Think about it. If the gospel changed your life, if the gospel changed my life, if the gospel changed your neighbor's life, then it stands to believe that the same gospel that changed your life is the same gospel that can change the knuckleheads that are out there on the streets. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. That the gospel can save those who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> I believe... Lost souls can put down their AKA 47 and pick up Acts chapter 1 and 8. Mm, God. I believe that the lost can put down their weapons and pick up the Word of God. I believe that the lost can put down hate and pick up the Holy Spirit. I believe that the lost can put down the booze and pick up the body of Christ. Y'all not hearing me. I believe that the lost can can put down gangs and pick up the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, 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 instead of being influenced by Satan, instead of being influenced by Satan, they can now be influenced by the Savior. 
So instead of being influenced by the devil, they can now be influenced by the divine. Instead of them being influenced by Lucifer, they can now be influenced by the Lord. So instead of them being influenced by crime, now they can be influenced by the church. In other words, if God can change you, and if God can definitely change me, God can change anybody. And that's the point that Apostle Paul is making here in the text. Paul is testifying about the transforming power of God and how the Word of God can change a person's life. And in this text today, I want to share with you one of, I want to share with you four things. There's four things that Paul uh, talks about here in the Scripture. Four things I want to bring out about the transforming power. Four things, four things, four things. Dustin, I think I'm going to last a little longer. Four things, four things, four things about the transforming power of God. Here it is. The first transforming power of God is that the gospel is personal. The gospel is personal. Here it is. It's right here in the text. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Paul says that the gospel is personal. Have you ever been in worship service where there were thousands and hundreds of people like you typically have on a morning worship service? Have you ever had a worship service where it seems like uh, there's a bull eye on your chest? <laughs> There's a bull eye right on your chest, and the Word is speaking, uh, uh, speaking right to you. Have you ever been in service, and, and as Brother Dunn is preaching and teaching and being used by the power of the Holy Spirit, that, that the Word that is going forth is speaking directly to your situation? Have you ever just been in service, and the Word that is going forth is a Word that's speaking directly to your heart? Have you ever been in service where the Word is going forth, and, and the, the, the Word that is going forth is speaking right directly to you? Why? Because the gospel is personal. No matter, when I look at Paul, it didn't, it, it didn't matter what Paul had to face. It didn't matter what plight Paul had to overcome, what problem he was faced. God always had a word for Paul with whatever he had to face. When Paul was in prison at Philippi, God had a word for him when God told him, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. In other words, there was a personal word just for Paul. When Paul was chased out of Thessalonica, God had a personal word for Paul when he said, Rejoice always without ceasing in everything, give thanks. When Paul was called a fool in Corinth, God had a personal word for him. He said, What shall separate uh, me from the love of God. What, what are you trying to say, Pastor? God, the, the gospel always speaks directly to you. The gospel is personal. The gospel met Paul every need. And our community needs to have the same experience. Our city can have the same testimony. And just like Paul had a personal experience with God, that whenever you gather together in God's house, <laughs> don't allow people to interrupt you. Don't allow anything to try to interrupt 
uh, the, what, what God is trying to do. Uh, don't, you know, if you sit by, beside someone who is interrupting you, you just tell them, listen, listen, I need to stay focused. I need to hear the word of God. Why? Because God has a personal word for me. Don't let, don't let things distract you while you're singing the songs, while melody is going forth. Why? Because you have a personal encounter with God. Don't let anything stop your devotion with God. Why? Because you have a personal encounter with God. Don't allow people to distract you while you're trying to hear the Word of God. Why? You are trying to experience something that's personal, one-on-one encounter with God. (laughs) I was was at church a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there was a lady that was sitting out in the congregation as I was preaching, and uh, (laughs) she uh, had little kids. The little kids were, were being a little bit cumbersome, and, and I, I saw her. She just kept moving them. She kept moving. She just, she just kept moving. And the kids got a little louder. They got, became a little bit more belligerent, and she, she became a little bit more aggressive. And she started, <laughs> she started moving them out the way. And, and I'm, I'm up teaching, and I'm up preaching, and she began moving her hands, and I thought, I, I thought it was a demon. I really did. I thought something was going on. I thought, I said, oh God, we don't need this in our service. And so, and so, and so, and as she began to move, I, I began to, I began to understand what was going on. She was trying to remove all of the distractions and everything that was trying to prevent her from hearing what God was trying to say to her. Why? Because she was having a personal encounter with God. The gospel is a gospel that is personal. The gospel can transform lives because the gospel is personal. With all these people here, God can come down your row. God can come down your row. He know your situation. He know your plight. He know your problem. God can come down your row. He know your issue. God, God know where you sit. God know what situation you have going on in your life. And God can find you right where you are. Not only is the gospel personal, but here it is, number two. The gospel is powerful. Somebody say powerful. Oh, yeah, I like that. Somebody say powerful. Look at the second part of verse 16. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. He goes on to say, for it is the power of God. The word of God is the only thing I know that can penetrate years of sin and save a lost soul. And and that to me is powerful. Mm. I know you know people and I know people who have been addicted to several things and addicted to, I don't know, crack cocaine and addicted to habits and addicted to things that, that have them bound. But, you know, oftentimes people that go to these meetings and people that go to, and I'm not, I'm not knocking these meetings, we need, the, we need these type of meetings, but, but, but oftentimes they, they walk away three weeks, they're clean, but they go back. Seven, seven days, they're clean, and they go back. Five days, they're clean, and they go back. But if that person gets a relationship with Christ, let me say that again. If that person gets a relationship 
with Christ. I'm going to say that again. If that person gets a relationship with Christ and the Word of God becomes personable to them and real in their life, the gospel is the only thing that can penetrate years of sin and save a lost soul. Let me, let me do this. The gospel is the only thing that can penetrate years of addiction and save a, a drug addict. Uh, that's powerful to me. The gospel is the only thing that can penetrate years of immorality and save a homosexual. Oh, y'all, y'all not in here, but that's powerful. The gospel is the only thing that can penetrate years of a cheater and save an adulterer. I'm talking about the gospel. I thought I had somebody that would be excited about the power of the gospel. The gospel is the only thing that can penetrate years of a criminal and save them. And Y'all not hearing me. That is powerful. Here it is. Here it is. It is the gospel that can save the gangbanger. It's the gospel that can save the crack addict. It's the gospel that can save the child abuser. It's the gospel that'll save the rebellious teenager. It's the gospel that will save our souls. I have a testimony. I have a testimony, Brother Don, of the power of the gospel. Young man by the name of Todd, not you, Todd. Not you, Todd. Let me, let me say that. Not you, Todd. There's a young man by the name of Todd. Three months ago, Todd, I saw Todd out and about. I began to share the gospel with Todd. Let me give you some background on Todd. Todd lost his family. His ex-wife moved away and took her son with him, with her. Todd, because of hurt and because of pain, of not being able to see his son, Todd started using cocaine. Todd went from one day to two days until every day Todd started using cocaine. Why? Because Todd was broken. Todd was hurt. I ran into Todd. We share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And right there, Todd accepted Jesus into his life. Oh, that's, that's not enough. It's not enough. That's not enough. Because you just can't leave Todd with just accepting Christ. Now it's time to disciple Todd. So I started having meetings with Todd every, every week. We started sitting down, we started going through this book, and we started learning, we started learning, we started learning. Every day he marked the calendar <laughs> that he wasn't a drug addict. Oh, y'all, let, me say, let me say it again, let me say it again, let me say it. Every day he started marking his calendar. I didn't use cocaine that day. I didn't use cocaine that day. Y'all not getting this. I didn't use cocaine that day. I'm talking about power. Oh, God. I'm, I'm talking about power. One week went by, he was still clean. <laughs> Two weeks went by, and my man was still clean. Three weeks went by, oh, and he was still clean. A month went by, and he's still clean. Two months went by, thank you, God, and he was clean. Three months went by, and Todd 
and still clean. What are you trying to say, brother? There is power in the gospel. And if God can do it for Todd, God can do it for you. If God can do it for Todd, God can do it for all the people that represent Todd. Mm. I was once like Todd. You were once like Todd. <laughs> oh, don't look at me. Don't look at me like that, like you would never like Todd. You may not have had an addiction like Todd. You may not have had issue like Todd, but sin had me bound. Mm. But there's a, there's a, there's a song that, that says, I was seeking deep in sin, far from the peaceful. I thought you knew the song. Very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love, love, love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else, anybody know the song? Come on now. Love lifted me. It was the power of the love of Christ that lifted me. Do I have about 10 people in this house that can put your hands together and thank God for the power of the gospel? That's why I know that the gospel transforms lives because God transformed mine. Not only is the gospel personal, not only is the gospel powerful, but the gospel is practical. Somebody say practical. Man, I love this class. I love it. I love it. It's right there. It's right there in the text. He, say, it's, he says, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jews first and also to the Gentile. The gospel, the gospel is practical. Brothers and sisters, the word of God can be accepted by anyone. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter what your culture. It doesn't matter what your heritage. It doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white, if you're red, if you're green. It doesn't matter if you speak English, if you speak Spanish, I don't speak it. If you speak Japanese, if you speak German, if you, can either, you can even speak Ebonics. <laughs> Let me catch you up on what Ebonics is. <laughs> I think that went over about half of the, oh God. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. You can be a Jew, you can be a Gentile, Protestant. Anybody can receive the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. They can, they can be from the uptown, they can be from the downtown, they can be from over the tracks, they can be from under the tracks, they can be uh, in your town, they can be in my town, but anybody can receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what your background is, it doesn't matter what your language is, it doesn't matter what your race or your ethnicity is, everybody can receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, the only color that God sees, because I'm going to help somebody, the only color that God sees is red. Oh, Lord. What are you talking about, Brother Mike? Let me, I feel like I'm about to get stoned right there. I feel like Stephen. <laughs> I, feel, I felt that. The only, here it is. There's a song that says, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. It doesn't matter what side of the track. It doesn't matter 
Everybody can receive. It doesn't matter what you look like. You can have tattoos. You can have body piercing. Y'all not hearing me. <laughs> you, can, you, you can have one leg, two legs. You can, it doesn't matter what genre of music you like. You can like hip-hop. You can like country western. <laughs> I felt another stone coming. <laughs> you can like rock and roll. You can like southern gospel. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But the gospel is practical. The Bible says, whosoever will, let him come. If he's red, if he's black, if he's white, it doesn't matter. He said, let him come. The songwriter says, what can wash away my sin? Come on, y'all come with me. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me, come on y'all help me, white as snow, no other fount, I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. The gospel, the gospel is personal. You look like you're getting bored, you look like you're getting bored. The gospel is personal, the gospel is powerful, the gospel is practical, and lastly, thank you, Brother Dunn, for allowing us to come. And lastly, the fourth reason, the gospel is persistent. Yes, it is. The gospel is persistent. Verse 17, he's right there in the text. He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, <laughs> the just shall live by faith. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've gone through, you can always depend on the gospel. <laughs> oh, from the beginning of time to the end of time, you can always depend on the gospel. From Alpha to Omega, you can always depend on the gospel. We, sometimes we can't depend on our mom, we can't depend on our dad, we can't depend on our friends, we can't depend on our neighbors, we can't depend on our co-workers, but we can always depend on the gospel. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but one, my, my word shall stand forever. You can clap, come on, you can clap. Man. God's word is crucial if we're going to make an impact in our culture. If we're going to make an impact in our cities, if we're going to make an impact in the Delta, if we're going to make an impact in our home, if we're going to make an impact in our family, if we're going to make an impact with our friends, if we're going to make an impact in other people's lives, the word of God is crucial. God is persistent. God, I thank you. God's word will endure. God's word will endure. God's word will not fail. And everything else in life may fail. And everything else in life, the bottom may drop out of it. And everything else in life may not be in your favor. I guess I'm talking to myself. Everything else in life may not be the way you want it to be. But you can always trust 
in the gospel. You can always trust in the word. You can always trust in God. For the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge what? Come on, him. And he shall direct your path. You can stand on God's word. You can believe God's word. God will not fail. Jesus and Satan said something, had a conversation in Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus looked at Satan. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out the mouth of God. What our cities need today, what our homes need today, what I need today, I need the transforming power of the word of God. Because the word of God transformed lives. The word of God transform homes. The word of God transform your mind. The word of God transform our society. As I prepare to close, I'm ashamed about a lot of things. <laughs> I'm ashamed about a lot of things that I've done. I'm ashamed of some mistakes that I've made. Don't act like you've never made a mistake. I'm ashamed of a lot of things. I'm ashamed of the babies that are being aborted every day. I'm, a, I'm ashamed when governing elected officials can't put aside their differences for the betterment of y'all. Okay, okay. I'm ashamed that brothers and sisters in the body of Christ can't stand each other and can't put aside their petty differences for the cause of Christ. I'm ashamed of the jealousy that runs rampant in our churches, and I deal a lot with that. I'm ashamed of the type of music that our children listen to. I'm ashamed of some of the television shows that are on our television. I'm ashamed that we have violence in our schools. I'm ashamed of the, the, the senseless shootings that we have in our community. You're not hearing me. I'm ashamed of the crime that we have in our community. I'm ashamed of some of the sitcoms that y'all, y'all hear the Housewives of Atlanta. Okay, y'all not here. Y'all, none of y'all watch that. That's, you don't need to watch that. I'm ashamed of, of a lot of things win Baptist, but I'm glad to announce this. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to announce this one thing. I'm glad to inform you of one thing. Y'all not hearing me. I'm glad to say this one thing, Brother Ray Dean. I'm glad to proclaim this one thing, that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Woo God. For it is power. And if you are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, just give God some praise right here. If you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, give him praise right here. If you've been delivered from the clutch of sin, give him praise right here. If he's changed your life, Give him praise right here, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'll tell it everywhere I go. In the supermarket, I'll tell them. In the barbershop, I will tell them. In the hood, I will tell them. In the projects, I will tell them. I'll tell my family. I will tell my friends. I'll tell my enemies. It doesn't matter. I will tell it everywhere I go. Do I have at least 50 people in this room that is not ashamed? And you will tell everywhere you go. You will witness everywhere you go. You will tell it everywhere you go. You will tell about the saving power. Jesus Christ. God, we just thank you for your gospel. Your gospel is personal. God, for your gospel is just for us. It's for me. It's for my friends, God. Thank you for the gospel. Father, we are grateful and thankful for sharing to us your word. Thank you for reminding us how powerful the gospel is in our life. God, help us to be salt. Help us to be light in a dark world. Help us, God, to let those who are lost know that Jesus lived, he died, was buried, he rose from the grave with all power in his hand just for me, just for them. Thank you for your son, God. I, I pray, God, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will continue to transform our lives. God, transform our lives, God, that we may be conformed more into the image of Christ that the world may see Christ, that they may see hope. <laughs> God, we thank you for this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.